Jason Cunningham and welcome back to Save My Business, the podcast dedicated to helping small and medium-sized business owners navigate through the proverbial shitstorm. Today's guest is one with a bit of a twist. His name's Steve Griffiths. Welcome, Steve-o. Thanks, Jason. Great How to are you, be pal? Very well. Now, a lot of people are probably asking, why the hell have I got this country's greatest meditation teacher on the Save My Business podcast? And I thought, with a lot of the work that you've done with me, particularly around November and December and helping me calm the hell down, and I, I mentioned this a couple of times before on this podcast, um, sometimes the universe speaks to us blokes and we, we need to hear her voice a few times before we take <laughs> heed of her advice. And I think the fifth person that said to me, Jason, you'd really benefit from meditation was Jad and Comerford and, and he introduced yes, us yes. to each other. And I just wanted to ask you a few questions about the art of meditation and and how that helps us with our mindfulness, particularly over the last 12 months, what we've dealt with. And I, there's some talk also that now that we've come out of lockdown and we're going back to, as Dan Andrews would say, COVID normal or whatever, that our, our senses are, are heightened and people are, challenging, are, are somewhat challenged with it. And I, I just want to have some conversations with you around how you see mindfulness and how that's benefited a lot of your clients and also, more importantly, how it's benefited you and your family. No, thanks, Jason. Look, I think uh, COVID as a whole, uh, you know, showed a lot of people how they needed to change their life a little bit. You know, it did slow them down enough to think, gee whiz, do I really want to kind of go back into the hurly-burly of life without maintaining a different state of mind? So in all of our teachings in leaders and business owners, it's always been... Um, you know, what state are you in? Yeah. And, um, you know, therefore, there's a little bit of self-awareness with that. But mm. meditation really has been, for us over the last 30 years, has been the mainstay yeah. of teaching within leadership. Yeah. You know, Steve, I, I, just as you were speaking then, um, your voice is so calming and your energy <laughs> is amazing. And some would argue, close friends of mine might say that I'm a little bit highly strung and have a little bit of energy about the place. Um, and I remember our first engagement, uh, or first conversation was when I rang you. Jadon had introduced us and I, and I rang you and I reached out to you and I said, oh, you said, oh, what do you do for work? Have you got a bit on? I said, look, I'm, you know, I'm pretty important. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm pretty, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty busy. I've got a few appointments and we sort of tried to check the availability. I remember this conversation quite vividly, yeah, yeah. right? And you said, look, what I need is I need four days in a row, an hour, day one, and then two hour, two hour, two hour blocks. And he said, what do you like? And I said, look, I've got a fair bit on coming up and in the lead up to Christmas. And I think I was speaking to him around November or something like that. Yep, and, I, and I said, oh, look, I, how about January the 13th? And you said, I can do next week or February 25. And I said, oh, how's the arrogance on this bloke? And I, I don't know. I felt like, you know, I'd been ignoring the universe for so long that we, we booked it in and, and um, you know, you can make things work. And we, we, I, I think I saw you the following Monday. And you said, if you're happy with that, let me call you back later on this afternoon and take you through some of the nuances of our meeting and how that goes. And I found that conversation quite intriguing where you shared with me the tradition of the art of meditation. Mm. Do you mind sharing uh, with our listeners some of mm. that sort of stuff? Yeah, look, definitely. I mean, I was trained uh, to become a teacher of meditation back in 1979. Mm-hmm. Um, Meditation nowadays is very universally sort of mindfulness, words like that. But um, meditation was first brought to the West really in 1959 Mm -hmm. by Maharishi Mahashoghi, who was very famous for the Beatles and, you know, teaching uh, really the 60s and 70s was sort of that heyday where millions of people learnt to meditate. Was he handing out LSD? and? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he was helping people make the transition from LSD. Oh, right, okay. uh, but it was a fascinating era because um, millions of people learnt to meditate in the yeah. 70s in America. Yep. It was huge. And I learnt in 1976 and became a teacher in 1979. And that became my profession since yeah. 1980. But Maharishi himself, interestingly enough, was a science graduate from Allahabad University. And he was the first person to put meditation under the scrutiny of modern science and saying, look, this is not a belief system. This is not something that requires you to change lifestyle or do anything different. Just Mm. find a chair, uh, learn 
correctly how to do it mm -hmm. and your mind will go from being very active to experiencing you know subtler and subtler levels so when mm -hmm. we talk about thoughts as we've said to you many times mm -hmm. every human being has about 80,000 thoughts mm -hmm. a day mm -hmm. and um, I'm north of about 250,000 I would have thought <laughs> <laughs> well I've got a few different voices in my head having different conversations Steve as you know <laughs> as we all do to some extent uh, but so when you learn to meditate, you take the mind from that surface value where, like in the ocean, it's very active. But at the bottom of the ocean, it's very still. Mm. Uh, but we're always on the surface. We can't get to that place. Mm. And so what meditation is doing is that it's taking the mind from being very active mm -hmm. to less active and less active. And the mind controls the body. And that's the interesting thing, because when the mind settles down, the body goes into an incredibly deep level of rest and you can measure that. Mm. And that's what Maharishi was really encouraging science to discover that meditation was changing the brain and the physiology to put you in a different state. It wasn't like, uh, you know, trying to say be positive and you'll, you know, operate better. It's saying that positivity is a byproduct of how your nervous systems function. Yeah, right. So positivity is a byproduct of if your mind is in the right state, then you will become positive. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. So, okay. so you know, like stress today is a common usage word, but mm. uh, stress was coined by Hans Selye back in the 70s. Mm. Oh, actually back in the 40s, not the 70s. Mm. I think a lot of your life happened in the 70s, I'm getting the impression there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm very old, Jason. Uh, but um, what that meant was that he coined stress and he stole it from the engineers yeah. as biologically it was an overload in the system. Mm -hmm. So stress really predominantly comes from thought. Uh, so when you think a thought, um, a thought is a chemical mm -hmm. and an electrical activity. So if you have a negative thought or a worrying thought or an anxious thought, it produces a completely different set of chemical responses in the nervous system. Mm -hmm. So you increase chemicals like adrenaline and cortisol mm. under stress or mm. the fight or flight response mm. that causes heart pressure, that causes a myriad of different problems mm. in the nervous system. Mm. I know um, previously, you know, I've been a, I have heightened anxiety at times until I learnt the art of meditation. And yep. I, I, with my cortisol levels bouncing all over the place, I'd find that at certain periods of the day, I could fall asleep. Like, at about 11 o'clock in the morning and at about three o'clock in the afternoon, I could drop asleep, fall asleep in like 10 seconds because of, you know, the chemical reaction going off in my body. Yeah. So Steve, let's say what you're telling us is true. And, yes. and I, I do believe it, but there may be some skeptics listening to us. There may yeah. be. Yep. Then how does meditation help us reduce that heightened state of, or that heightened activity going on in our brain and the energy is going on? How does it help us reduce that to bring us into a calmer state? Well, there's two ways to answer that question. One is that a lot of people will say, you know, like when we teach in sport, for example, you know, and the joke would be, you know, and we were talking about Carlton, mm. you know, and back in 89 when I first started at Carlton with Alex, he'd say, mate, are they all going to be just, you know, asleep? Yeah. You know, what good yeah. is that? Yeah. But it's not about that. It's about in business, you want high energy, mm. right? You want your foot to the accelerator, but you need to learn how to use the brake. Yeah. So it's oscillation, it's rhythm. So you need to know how to go and how to stop. And meditation's the key because in just 20 minutes, yeah. and they measure it, you can get a level of rest twice as deep as the deepest point of sleep. Mm. I remember that you know that first week when I came out to see you out there in uh, Heidelberg, and I, 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 I almost felt like. I was on the outside looking in the experience and the first day that I came into your office I was bouncing off the walls and yeah. you know, uh, and you know there's a ritual that we that we follow um, which I I really enjoyed that part of it yeah. uh, I know that you left that conversation to the second conversation we had yeah but I, I really found that intriguing um, the, the ritual yeah um, and you know and I hope you don't mind me sharing it if you do just tell me right now otherwise it's going to air well I'll explain why yeah. that is okay yeah. first if yeah that's okay, okay. Yeah. so when you learn what's this your podcast is it no, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> well when you learn just so that listeners don't get the wrong idea because meditation is not a religion or a philosophy mm. or anything but when you learn of course um, 
we as teachers were trained to teach it in the traditional way, yeah. which goes back thousands of years. So it's not like uh, picking up a, an app yeah. or it's not like, you know, taking something off, off, off a technology. It, it's traditional. So when we were trained to teach it, you taught it one-on-one. -on -one, yeah. And that's always been the case. Mm. And in that session, you learn the sound or what's called mantra, mm. uh, which allows you to settle the mind down. Mm. And everyone learns their own sound or mantra. But we were trained to honour the teachers because I couldn't teach you unless my teacher yeah. taught me. Which uh, is, I, that's, that's one of the things that I love most about it yeah. is that, that whole honouring system and honour the person that's taught me previously. I spoke um, in, in, a, in our last podcast with uh, Xavier Campbell, who's the CEO of the Essendon Footy Club, and we spoke about a book called Legacy. Yeah. And Legacy right. is written, it's a magic, as you know, it's written mm. about the New Zealand All Blacks. And one of the big things about being an All Black is this uh, is the notion of humility mm. and to honour the jersey and, and yeah. leave it in a better place than when it was once given to you. And, and when you shared with me that, you know, this is not my teaching, Jason, this has been passed on to me. Thousands by my, of years. Yeah, I thought, you know, that's... That's amazing. Tell me, how did you come up with the mantra? Because you said each mantra is individual to the yeah. to the person. Well, if you remember, you filled out a form. Yeah. And on that form, there's a little bit of information. And uh -huh. based on that, we're able to choose the correct sound. And uh -huh. that's really important because yeah. it's not just um, the technique, it's the sound and being taught how to use that sound mm. correctly. That, mm. And I don't know if you remember, but... The very first time people learn, they transcend. They, yeah, I do remember. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. the my, and it's just amazing. Yeah. You know, people go, you know, I've never been to that place no. awake. Yeah. So consciously, you rest the mind. Oh, yeah. You're awake. You can hear everything going on around you, but mm. amazingly, you're in a state where the body is deeper than sleep, but you're awake. Yeah, I've never been more... Every time I walk out of the office, I've never been in a more peaceful state. Mm -hmm. Even just being in your company, Griffo, I mean, I just feel so relaxed. The cameraman's fallen asleep, which is outstanding from him. Um, and it's <laughs> The producer's definitely asleep. <laughs> um, um, so, so part of the tradition was that I had to bring five flowers yeah. and two pieces of fruit. Yeah, yeah. Right? And... Uh, as is our way and the way we've connected. Um, when you bought my fruit out, you bought out two different pieces of fruit. <laughs> I got, oh my God, I didn't pass the test. My fruit was too old, it was too shit. <laughs> and I found, that, I found that quite funny, that someone had eaten my fruit at your office with part of what you do. <laughs> no, 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 no. Someone no. eat it or no? No, no, you no. You just didn't like it? No, I think we won't go too far into that, but I think, <laughs> It was probably just, uh, you know, it's all sweet fruit, so yeah. no limes or lemons. Yeah, okay. So you uh, might have brought a lemon. Well, gee, yeah, well, there's every, <laughs> every chance of that. Um, so you then... Or I picked up the wrong basket, one I or think, the other. Steve, I'd be honest with you. We were in a rush that day. We had a lot on. We did, and I'd rather yeah. deflect the problem to you than myself, If <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, so we, you, we chose, or you chose the mantra for me. We practiced, we did it together, we spoke it out loud, and then you yeah. taught me to say it and use my inside voice, which then took me back to being a kid when my parents told me to use my inside voice because I was speaking too fucking much, you know what I mean? Um, so we did that that first day and then I, I would walk in, coming to your office and thinking, God, we're gonna spend two hours together. How the hell are we gonna get through two hours? You know, because I've got a little few ants in my pants and yep. have the attention span of a three-year-old, as you're aware. But the two hours seemed to fly by and I would mm. walk out of there mm with so much clarity and be so much more relaxed. Mm. Um, talk to me a bit more and share with our listeners a bit more about the chemical reaction. And you you know how you spoke to me about the stress deposits in your body and, and mm. how that works. Mm. Can you share that with our listeners as you know the science behind the benefit attached to meditation? Yes, good. Um, look, what happens is that stress is not necessarily an event, which it can be, like the death of a parent mm. or a loved one or a marriage breakup or, mm. you know, the loss of financial, you know, mm. dependence in business. They're, they're acute forms of stress, but um, stress is predominantly pressure and challenge and change, which is every day. So what happens is if I drew a line mm. and I said, this is what we call the resilience line uh -huh. and above the line, I'm positive and I'm solution minded, right? 
below the line I'm negative and problem focused. So what happens is every day a businessman or all of us in life, you know, are aspiring to be more above the line and less below the line. But we may go below the line more often than we'd like to. Mm -hmm. But generally what happens is when we go below the line, we play the blame game. So when I get negative and I'm very problem focused, I might go, well, Jason, you're causing me to go below the line. <laughs> Seriously, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the constants in life are that there's always challenge, there's always change, and there's always pressure. That never go away. It's, that's interesting because it sounds uh, like opposing. You know, the constant in life is there's always change. It's uh, constant. Yeah, yeah. And challenge is a constant. Yeah, you yeah. know, a juggle of life is a constant. But when you play the blame game and you blame pressure, challenge and change for the cause, you move accountability away from looking at changing yourself, which is where mm -hmm. you came in, the mm -hmm. universe is going, look, you need to do something mm -hmm. different. The reason meditation is so incredible is that it, it builds the resilience line and it brings this self-awareness of when I am below the line, I don't play the blame game because I accept that the reason I'm below the line is the state I'm in. If I was in a different neurological and physiological state, I wouldn't go below the line. So pressure, challenge and change is never the cause of being below the line. It's really pointed towards my routine. So what routine do I have that increases the narrowness of the resilience line and what routine do I have that builds the resilience yeah. line? Meditation does that in such an effective way and you can talk to the most successful people in different industries in the world that meditate yeah. and they'll say it's been a lifesaver. So go back to your question, why? Because when you meditate, you actually, because what stress is, is that it's a chemical buildup predominantly in the nervous system. Mm -hmm. So if you've got 80,000 thoughts a day and 45,000 of them uh, worrying and anxious, yeah. you overboot the nervous system with those chemicals that hype the nervous system up and make you more react. So let me give you an example. Okay, what are some of the symptoms of being stressed? Well, I, I don't sleep well. Mm. So that's the first big problem. Yeah. The second is I'm just impatient. I, I, you're talking to me and I'm thinking, geez, we should hurry up. You mm. know, I've got mm. something to say. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the third one is that, you know, I'm just no longer as sweet and loving as I used to be. I'm, I'm kind of just... And um, you're saying all this theoretical, you're not necessarily saying that about the presenter. No. <laughs> just no, so we're no, all clear here. No, 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 but <laughs> Although I, it feels very much it's about me, yeah. <laughs> it's a general thing. And, and so the point is that when you meditate, with even a week, you notice that you've got more patience. Mm. Now, that's not... You're not trying to be more patient. It's mm. just that if there's less cortisol and less adrenaline, mm. you're sleeping better. Yeah. So the first thing that happens is you sleep better. You just seem to have more time mm. and your response to stimulus, whatever that might be, mm. pressure, challenge and change, mm. is completely different. Yeah. You know, and so you, you know, it, it's, in, it's amazing, but it's physiological. I know myself, my resilience line, see how I'm learning and listening, yeah, yeah. Uh, as opposed to trying to think of my next question. No, but my resilient <laughs> line is a, is a lot thicker and yep. um, I sleep a lot better. Yeah. Um, I know that for sure. I know that I've got more time. Yeah. Um, and I think the benefit is cascading. It rolls on. It's like that rolling, you know, bit of snow that rolls down the hill and it's yeah. a bit dirty big snowball. I... I, I I spoke to a person um, that I uh, consider a thought leader. Yep. And, and he said to me uh, about a, a series of podcasts that he listens to from the States. And, and, and the guy that uh, does the podcast now, I can't remember if it was Timothy Ferris or Joe Rogan or somebody. And he had all these, he's had these amazing business leaders and political leaders and great thinkers and, 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 and all these people that make a difference in the world. And they all had their own little nuances, yeah. you know, the, the top five things that they did that, you know, they thought were a, a leading indicator to them being successful. And he narrowed it down to the top 10 and each one of them had meditation in their mm. top five, mm. which I find intriguing. And, and listening to you just then, I was thinking, I know the work that you've done with elite sporting clubs. I, well, you work for Carlton Footy Club. I'm not going to say that they're elite. No, no, no. no, no. I, no Carlton Footy Club's a, a great club and you've been there a couple of times. And I think about, 
you know, a, a guy that I know, uh, Mark Allen, who's a pro golfer, and he, he, he has the ability to get himself into a real great mindfulness state. Mm. And he was, he was uh, the world's number one chipper and, and a really good putter. And he was engaged by the Collingwood Footy Club for goal kicking practice. Now, he'd never played uh, football at the highest mm. level mm. himself, but had the ability to transcend and get his mind into a calming place so that then when you're taking a shot on goal, mm. you're in a better, you know, better physiological position, if you like, without getting the, the jitters, yeah, so yeah, to speak. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Tell me some of the work that you've done um, with the sporting clubs. You, you went to touch on it before, and I, there's no doubt that I would have interrupted you. Some of the work you did with, with when you were down at Carlton Footy Club and, you know, the, the bloke said, had look, let's hope that they don't fall asleep. What sort of stuff did you, knowledge did you impart on them? Well, that was in the very early days, gee whiz, before meditation. I was very, uh, you know, Carlton was really ahead of, I mean, they wanted to try something. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, back then it was actually Dick Pratt that, that asked me to come in. Um, How do you know Dick long Pratt? Long story. Oh, look, it was, we were doing work with uh, a company back in those days called Macintoshes. Mm. Um, but I met Dick uh, and, you know, he was interested personally and mm. then, you know, said, oh, look, why don't you have a chat? And, it, you know, that was so kind of out there, you know, yeah. really. I suppose in 1989, that's what, 30-odd years ago. It's a long yeah, time ago. It's it very was, yeah. You know, John Elliott used to come up to me before <laughs> the game and go, mate, I don't know what you do here, yeah. uh, but have you got their heads right and they're worth a bet? <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> and, you know, and, um, but in those days, you know, you had, you know, really incredible icons of, of footy, yeah. you know, that weren't really that used to being... Uh, listening that well to anyone, really. Well, I mean, I think back to in 1989, 1990, there was the likes of Greg Williams and Reese Jones and, you know, uh, Wal Perovic and, and these sort of guys. Were they, yeah, yeah, they yeah, were all they meditating. Wayne Johnston. Yeah, the well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, not a lot of success in some parts there. But, <laughs> but anyway, I uh, got to know them. Very, but people like Ian Herman and... Uh, yeah. You know, oh, he's actually quite successful in business now. I think. Andy. Well, he's CEO at uh, Grant Thorne. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah so yeah. I mean, he's still meditating. I mean, mm. people like Justin Madden, who mm. came from Essendon mm. to Carlton. Mm. I mean, we're off. You know, but really interesting. Justin was was really, he'd say, just done. You know, he he really was struggling because you know, footy clubs think that everyone has the same physiological type to get out there and train the same way. It's like Just, six foot ten. Justin yeah. used to just hang out hoping, you know, that no one had asked him to go out on the track. Because <laughs> he'd go to Jezza, Jezza, if you want me to play on Saturday, mate, just leave me alone. Because yeah. seriously, I need a week to recover. Mm. But, you know, he learned to meditate and, and that was an amazing, I reckon he got another few years out of that. Mm. And Justin's still meditating today. Yeah. I hope you're Justin. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, you know, and still caught, caught up, catch up with those guys. Yeah, right. Uh, but I did go back, you know, mm. Sticks was chairman. I was at Collingwood in 2010 when we did win the grand final. Yeah. I've got to throw that in. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, uh, someone asked me this question yesterday and I said, well, I'll be the only person that say that meditation made a difference. Yeah. But, you know, it did. And, uh, but I came to Carlton with Mick again. Yeah. Yeah. That was a different story. That yeah. wasn't so successful. Yeah. But anyway, uh, but yeah, been to many clubs over the years. Western Bulldogs, St Kilda, mm -hmm. with Stan Alves. Oh, yeah, he's a great man, Stan Alves. Very, yeah. very, you know, yeah, great. He, yeah, he tells a, a, a wonderful story. Well, not a wonderful, very interesting and mm. deep story about uh, the loss of a child and, and all that sort of stuff. And Well, Stan Alves nearly won a, uh, a premiership in should 1997. Should have won it. Uh, they just... We One would have argued that they should have just moved that bloke off Jarman who kicked six goals in two minutes. But it's not about footy, although I love my footy. Mm, um, mm. What I'm interested in is getting back to uh, the art slash science of, of meditation. meditation. And, yeah. uh, and I, you know, being at your practice there, and, and, and I remember in the early doors when you, you said, Jason, you know, to do it at its best, if you, if you can, you meditate three times a day. And I'm thinking mm. to myself, Steve, how the hell am I going to find the time mm. to meditate mm. three times a day? And 
Well, that so, was only for you. Yeah, because I'm a nut Most job. people two, yeah. <laughs> two times a day. I, I can't tell you the person that I am when I meditate three times a day. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, and I, I used to think, oh, how am I going to get this into my routine? But the, what I, I'm living proof mm. that when you get into the cycle, what happens is you sleep more, you have a better pattern of sleep, so therefore mm. you need less sleep. Mm. I'd, you know, you'd say, wake up in the morning, have a glass of water, first thing I want you to do is meditate. Mm. And I'm thinking, but I haven't got that much time. If I'm gonna get up in the morning, I wanna do something that's really beneficial, I wanna go for a run or lift mm. weights and mm. exercise. Mm. And when, I was, when I'm at my peak performance with my mind, body, health, I'm meditating for 20 minutes in the morning. I got that app that you told me mm. that the gong mm. goes off. Yep. I meditate for 20 minutes and the gong goes off and I, and I come out of my meditative state and have a cup of coffee and have a workout, have a shower, get to work. I am crystal clear. Mm. Mm. And life's challenges that are thrown at me, mm. it's almost like being in the matrix mm. where you can, mm. it's, and I, I liken it akin to uh, playing sport. We all know of those sports people, whether it's basketball, football, netball, those team sports that people play, those people that seem to have more time on the field. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm an Essendon supporter, I, and a lot of our listeners won't even know who this guy is, but his name's Gary Folds. He wore number 10 for Essendon, and number 10's a famous number because it was worn by Jonathan Coleman, who's arguably mm -hmm. the greatest full forward that ever played the game. And Gary Folds played 300 games for Essendon and seemed to have more time than anyone else. And mm -hmm. every time I, I get into that state, I feel like you can throw a heap of problems at me mm -hmm. and I seem to be able to manage it. Mm -hmm. and, and, and can you share a bit, I mean, obviously you don't know what's going on in my mind, but this, that mindfulness state, how, wh why do all the worries don't seem to cascade and cause us anxiety or stress because we're in a, in a good state? Why is that? Well, it's a good question. Um, there's two ways to answer it and, and I want to bring science in on that level. But the first thing is that um, very few people are in the present. So, you know, the, the problem, we talk about it from a, you know, be in the present. But the reality is that most people are worried about what they haven't done or what they've got to do. So wherever they are, you know, if you said to someone, is there such a thing as the past? They'd say, of course there is. But mm. in reality, we know there's not. If you said to someone, is there- Hang on a minute, just take me through that again. Well, well, you know, when, you, when I say to you, is there such a thing as the past? And I'll say, absolutely, yeah. things happened yesterday. Is there is such a thing as the future? Well, I assume so. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Why have I got this guy on? <laughs> uh, but the reality is that you never are in the past or the future. You're only ever in the present. So yeah. the only place you live in those places is in your mind. That's right. So most people are mentally not where they physically are at that time. So the problem with that is that they bring a lot of anxiety into the present. Mm. So they, they kill where they are yeah. by worrying about something that hasn't happened or worrying about again. something they can't change. Right? Yeah. So when you meditate, you, so you can give a neurological explanation for that, that um, basically when there is a lot of stress in the system, uh, you're never present. Uh, and so you're always, you're on, you wake up in the morning, you know, most people wake up and they have the same routine every day. They worry about the same stuff. They get upset with the same people and they're just on autopilot. It's like repeating yesterday over and over again. And they never really change anything, even though they'd like to. But when you're meditating, you take yourself into that place where the brain, and there's a lot of research on it, they use MRI and EG, changes the whole frontal cortex of the brain, which is your CEO of the brain. So yeah. the CEO of the brain is strategy, uh, the ability to think clearly, the ability to be present. But when you're stressed, the frontal cortex of the brain goes offline. And so you're actually really worrying about stuff that's not where you need to be yeah. at that time. So when you come out of meditation, it's like you're present. You're not you're kind of moving through the day. You're bringing the CEO back into the chair. You're bringing the frontal cortex into the mainstream. So everyone runs around, does gym, do all of that. Mm. But unless you manage the frontal cortex, it's all for you're, nothing. Not, you're managing the body, but not the mind. And mm. it's not the body that, well, the body controls the mind when you become stressed. Mm. But if you're not stressed, the mind controls the body. 
Yeah, wow. That's a big factor. So the ability to just move through your day where I've got the next meeting, but I'm not going to be anxious about the next meeting one hour before the meeting. Mm. I'm, I'm enjoying where I am, and when I get to that meeting, I'll get to that meeting. Yeah. Or if I'm doing strategy yeah. and I've been meditating regularly, yeah. guess what? I've got, I'm really on song. It takes me back to one of the appointments we had when um, uh, Alex booked the appointment. He, he did two different times, one in my diary and one in yours. Right. And we spoke on the phone. And you just were not worried one iota. And I, I know that if it was me and I'd missed a client meeting or whatever, I'd be having a heart attack and sweating bullets and, you know, panicking. And, you know, you were just all, oh, well, I'm here at the cafe. I'm doing my thing. I'll see you soon. Take your time. Well, <laughs> How's this playing? It's a gift. And I mean, I, I say that in a positive way. Yeah, I don't mean that to be that, you know, because when you when you are meditating, you, mm. you, you really are on song. I yeah. mean, that's, that it shouldn't be like that's, you know, we won't go into that, but, no. uh, you know, in terms of not caring or being... No, no, I'm not saying that at all. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that at all. I'm yeah. just saying that you're, there, there was nothing that you could have done to change that no, situation. No, that's right. I'm not going to... And, and I, I really like um, the notion of being present, mm. you know. And, but I, I, I think there's a, a distinct difference. It's, obviously, it's important to plan ahead and think about the set future, goals, set goals, big all the, time. Yeah, that's, I mean, you're a big proponent of that, I know Absolutely, you are. Absolutely. Yeah. But also, the, the present is a gift, and that's why it's called, I mean, I think the you've coined that phrase, yeah. that's why it's a present, Jason, you'd right. say to me. you're here now. Yeah. And we've all interacted, I remember early doors, we made 10, 15 years ago, we did some work on a, a thing called the Johari or Yohari window, depends on what side of the Mooney Ponds Creek you grew up on, Steve-O. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's spelled J-O-H-A-R-I, Jahari Window. And one of the things it talks about is your blind spot and, and yeah. having greater awareness about your blind spot and, and having more awareness about what it's like to be around Steve Griffith or what it's mm, like to be around mm. Jason Cunningham. And, um, and, you know, we've all engaged with those people. You're in a meeting or you're having a conversation mm, mm. where they're not actually present in that conversation. Oh, and, and I think there's nothing more is the word disingenuous and, um, and less authentic. I, I, I spoke to a real estate agent the other day and I'll, you know, I'll be very conscious of, because we've got a lot of real estate agents that are clients, and a lot of them are amazing, but some of them, they just go through the motion and go through the mm -hmm. process and currently selling uh, one of our investment properties and I could hear him tapping away at his emails as he's talking to me mm -hmm. in such a just rhetoric type mm -hmm. uh, language and I'm like, Mate, why the fuck are we even talking when you're not even paying attention to what I'm mm, saying? Mm. And there was a learning or a lesson in that for me to always be present mm. in the person's company that I'm in. And I think it's never more true, those of us that are parents, mm. you mm. know, is to be, when your kids are ready for you, they're ready to have a conversation. Mm. And you've got to be present in that conversation. It's so important. And, and that's why I was really keen to get you on, Steve-O. And I know I asked you a few times and you were very relaxed about it, so I'm just taking a piss. But, uh, but, you know, finally get you on because I wanted people to hear and experience what I experienced. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of us are highly strung and we've been through a year where it's been challenging, you know. You know, people in this room have been challenged, you know. Mm -hmm. you, know I, you know, a heap of mates of mine, whether they've been in hospitality, whether they've been in TV, film and entertainment, whatever industry they've been, mm. everybody, it has suffered no one has escaped it no one not but, even us no that's well that's your business as well yeah, yeah, yeah. tell me and about the impact are, on your business oh huge because you know like in march last year uh because all our we run predominantly we teach meditation but we run uh leadership programs and we put mm. through a you know a thousand fifteen hundred people a year march finished only started again this year so you went we from 1500 own, We own health retreats. Yeah, in Bali? Yeah, closed. Yeah. Opening a new one here in Romsey next year. Oh, wow. So that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but look, what you can control, like none of the businesses that have failed are because anyone did anything wrong. It's just one of those, uh, yeah. you know, COVID has been a, an invisible uh, you know, kind of force that's really taken its toll. And I don't think we've really, we're not, we're not really seeing that. You know, people are talking about the real estate market being crazy and mm. the stock market being crazy. But, you know, the, the little person, not the little person, uh, the, the significant support of this country is made up of, of, 
of small business. Absolutely. And they've been smashed. Small business actually employs 50% yeah. of, uh, of the country and makes up about 55% of the GDP. And you go into the city and you think, my goodness, man, yeah. the four lease signs, it's just incredible. Everywhere. And yeah. it's, it's not just the business owner, it's the landlord who owns that property. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it might own it in his super fund or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're getting belted as well. So what do you say? So I'll give you a perfect example. A couple of weeks ago, I got a client um, who runs, who produces the best coffee in the country, right? No names? No, I won't say his name, but he is, um, makes the best, he wholesales, roasts his own coffee, wholesales it to um, his little cafes and, and other cafes around mm -hmm. the place. <clears throat> and I went to see him a couple of Mondays ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, let's call him Joe Blow. And I said, hey, Joe Blow, how are things? And I knew that they weren't ideal because mm -hmm. he's in the mm -hmm. city. And first uh, bit of evidence was that I parked out the front. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. um, you never get a park in the city. Uh, mm -hmm. Number two, um, I said to him, All right, so how's business going? He said, Jace, normally we turn over three and a half grand a day from mm -hmm. selling coffee and a few danishes and croissants and stuff like that. Uh, and today's been our best day in nine months and we did 600 bucks. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I go, how are you going? He goes, mate, I'm, 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 mm -hmm. I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. How do you, uh, putting you on the spot, which is one of my gifts, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you, how do you communicate with him and get him in the right mind space? Well, a good, you know, like again, you know, pressure, challenge and change is really uh, accentuated, you know, mm. by COVID in that context. But unless you retain your inner sense of uh, wellness in managing self in the face of all of that, mm. um, you know, life becomes really tough. Now, mm. you can't change the financial reality of that, but unless you remain above the line, Mm. How do you sort of then see a vision for the future? Yeah. You know, how do you problem solve? How do you, if you're completely negative and you're in a very bad state, mm. then that's not a good place to be to plan your next step or your future. So you've got to come back to um, retaining positive routines yeah. under pressure. But what happens is that people revert to alcohol, drugs, um, other things to mask the pain. Fast cars, fast women. Yeah. <laughs> well, that might have been the 80s. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, but they mask the pain, Yeah. Um, you know, to try and move through that. Mm. But they then, unfortunately, increase the inability to manage the situation. Yeah, absolutely. T tell me this. Um, do you mind sharing with us what your practice is? And do you ever find a period you go, gee, I haven't meditated for a while, I'd better jump back on the wagon. Can you share with it? Or is it, is it just, as you mentioned, habitual for you? Well, I think if you remember, we talked a little bit about all the research on rewiring of the brain mm -hmm. and that, you know, we've all got habits and routines that have been hardwired, either consciously or unconsciously. Yeah. You know, we might have unconsciously hardwired old habits that aren't really that positive mm. for us. So it takes... The research shows that it takes about 120 days to rewire the brain to a new routine. So with meditation, yep. we say you need three months of regularly doing it. Mm. Um, and people do it uh, because they're feeling good. It's not like they're having to do it. They uh -huh. enjoy it, like yeah. You, yeah. you've said. Uh, so that's the first thing. Uh, for me, because I sort of really, um, when I learned it was like a game changer. Yeah. You know, I knew that was... Mm something that was going to help me. Yeah. And, um, Were you I'm, highly strung prior to that and quite stressed? Well, you know, I was, I was involved in sports. I was involved in snow skiing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah mate. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But I'd had a serious accident. Yeah. And it was in recovery. And yeah. so, um, you know, I was interested in it from mm. a physiological point of view. But it changed everything. And, and so I just, you know, I, I've hardwired myself to a routine mm. and you know i've been meditating 35 years every day twice a day it's like drinking haven't water missed. haven't yeah, missed yeah it's like cleaning your teeth yeah, or, yeah, you yeah. know whatever so it's a it's a habituated routine but the interesting thing about it is that the the benefit of it increases it doesn't plan the more you do it yeah the, the longer you do it you know, it's funny, I went to a school reunion mm. and, you know, 
Um, if you'd have been, uh, it was a boarding school, and if you'd have been around, they'd say, mate, he'll be dead by 25. Like, or he'll, he'll never get, you know, yeah. like it was, yeah. my lifestyle wasn't that, you know, mm. um, I enjoyed life to its fullest. I can see that in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the point being that, you know, I walked into a 30-year a, a school reunion. And they go, shit, he's alive. <laughs> you know, well, I said, gee, you know, I've made one good decision in my life. Yeah. I mean, I made a couple, but one of them was learning to meditate mm. because I promise you there was a few around that room that weren't looking that great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, so the point is that things take its toll mm. over stress, mm. alcohol. Mm. You know, people start off drinking, you know, one or two nights a week. It becomes five nights, mm. you know, it, it, and that sort of affects the physiology over the long term. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, it's like some good habits mm. make a long term difference and meditation is yeah. one of them. I like, that's quite encouraging that the more I do it, the more benefit I'm going to get <laughs> yeah. from it. You know what I also enjoy about your company um, is the fact that, uh, as in your presence, Thank you. um, is, is how you run your business. Mm. And, um, and I, uh, you know, as I've said to you a hundred times over, every time I walk through the doors there in Heidelberg, I, I just feel at peace straight away. I love the fact that your son Alex works there. I think mm. that's, that's, you know, as a father... Myself, you know, that's you know, that it must be a, a real proud moment when your yeah, father, when your son rather, became a meditation teacher, um, and yeah, I, I just everyone's so welcoming, and it's you are like I look up to you, uh, and mm. I have a lot of respect for you, and you're a mentor Thank and you. a teacher of mine, but you're also like me, you're mm. a business owner, uh, mm. you know, mm. you got to pay the rent, you got to earn mm. a buck, mm. um, you got belted during COVID, and mm. and I think one of the things that when business owners get together and we have conversations. Um, like this, you know, two other business owners in this room as we're recording. Mm. And, you know, it's good to have conversations with them because they got hurt just like I did mm, and just like mm. you did. And, you know, and we all have different layers of, of how we dealt with it. It's, um, that's one of the things that brings us business owners together mm, is that we mm. go, you know, you've got clients, you've got debtors, you've got employees mm, and mm. team members and stakeholders and you've got to pay your rent. And, it's, and it's, it's, it just didn't miss anyone. Didn't um, miss anyone. I want to tap into one of the things that you said, Steve, if I can. Um, you spoke about habitual or habits. Mm, and, mm. and one of the things about what I know is, I guess, congruent or shared with a lot of successful people is they've got uh, various different habits that they do every single day. Mm, mm. And it sounds to me that, you know, this habit forming around mindfulness and, and getting your mind right is, is something that's really important. I know that I've benefited mm. from it. And it's just you can't go at it spasmodically. If you're going to have a crack, you might as well do it. Well, I think, you know, once you learn to meditate, um, you know, you you very quickly within four or five days notice the benefits. Yeah. It's not like you have to practice it for years or months. And so that's encouraging. Mm. So, you know, even the first day you come out of that. So that's the interesting thing. You know, I can talk to a group of 50 people and they can all, you know, like a lot of our, our business is through uh, organisation. So. Yeah. It's not so much individuals. So, you know, some organisations might put through, you know, two or three hundred people through mm. our program. But you walk into a room because you as CEO have said, look, we're doing this program. Mm. They walk into a room and go, oh, what's this about? You yeah. know? Um, but the moment they learn, so they're all sceptical. There might be 10 that want to do it, 20 couldn't care less. Yeah. And the other 30 think, oh, well, this is a waste of time. Yeah. But those 50 by the end of the fourth day, will be thinking, wow, this mm. is pretty good. Mm. So it doesn't require a positive attitude or, you know, the desire. The experience changes their attitude towards mm. it because they wake up the next day and think, gee, I've got more energy or I slept better. Well, that's the first, the biggest benefit I had from day one uh, was that I went to sleep that night in about five minutes. Yeah. Right? And now I could lay awake for two, three hours uh, mm. thinking many thoughts, mm. mainly about myself. <laughs> no, no, but just, you know, anxious thoughts or thinking about tomorrow and what I needed to do. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that you told me was to, to meditate prior to going, going to, to sleep. sleep. So I'd sit up in my bed and have my pillow set up there and I'd, 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 I'd roll out my mantra and next minute I'm waking up, uh, I'm sitting up, you know, and I, I, that was the first biggest benefit that I had. And I just know that when you get the right amount of sleep, you're a different person Absolutely. the next day. And then, as I mentioned earlier, the, the benefits just cascade mm -hmm. and roll on. Um, what did you, you, you mentioned during sport prior to um, 
becoming a meditation teacher. What did you do for a quid? Well, no, I really, out of school, you know, mm. my father owned a farm and he was a real estate agent. Yeah, right. I came from the country up around Albury. Um, and uh, so, you know, he always wanted me to go back on the farm or mm. join the real estate business. Mm. But neither of those things happened. I wanted to ski. Mm. Uh, he thought that was a waste of time. Yeah. Um, probably was. Yeah. Uh, but um, no, I, I think, um, you know, I really didn't, uh, you know, for two or three years of skiing mm. and then I had the accident and mm. then I went back to skiing but then I decided to, to mm. become a meditation mm. teacher. Do you mind sharing with us, we, 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 we're running a little bit short on time, yep. but do you mind sharing with us uh, the story when you met, and I, I really struggled to pronounce it, the Maharishi. Maharishi. Kid, Maharishi. Yeah. Well, that was relatively close. Yeah, yeah, it was. Well, well pretty close. It's not <laughs> as if I said Peter. You know? <laughs> uh, do you mind sharing the story with, with when you met him and, and the job he gave you, the task he gave you? Oh, gee, that's a big story. Oh, it is a long story. Uh, but yeah. um, look, I, I um, one of the, the most, I suppose, uh, people might, if they asked me the question, you know, what would be the sort of significant thing you've done in your mm. life, which was, I suppose, uh, really being a vehicle for a vision of his, which was to create a university for orphans mm. uh, in Cambodia. Mm. And um, so that was at a conference that he was speaking at. And, uh, you know, he wanted someone volunteer to go and do some projects and mm. I didn't volunteer. Mm. Uh, but uh, he more or less asked me to do it. Mm. He volunteered you. <laughs> he volunteered me. I, and I, at that point, even though I'd been teaching meditation for eight or nine years, mm. I hadn't really had much to do with Maharishi because, mm. you know, he was, you know, really a global figure. And yeah. Thousands of people mm. uh, would try and get to see him each day. But anyway, yes, I flew to Cambodia in 1990 mm. um, on a project which... Really, when I landed in Cambodia, the country was, you know, like it, there was nothing there. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know where it was. Yeah, right. You and know, it wasn't as if it was a safe place either. It wasn't it's safe. It's not like the, you're flying to Sydney. Pol Pot was still at war. Wasn't a nice bloke. No, no, but, it was yeah. not a nice bloke. Yeah. And, uh, but, you know, you, ha you couldn't go, you know, they, you, I got to Bangkok and they'd say, well, I want to go to Cambodia, they'd look at you and go, really? Yeah. No. You can catch a train, but that gets used at least attacked once a week. Oh, well, that's not a good idea. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a Fokker, you know, friendship flight mm. that takes parcels mm. and a few passengers. Mm. That's what it was like. Yeah. I mean, when I landed in Phnom Penh, it was a ghost town. Yeah, right. There was a curfew at six o'clock. Mm. All the army went down the streets. Mm. Um, and there would have been a heap, not a heap of blokes that looked like you. No, yeah. no. There no. was... You walked into the Mekong Hotel and you could have fired a cannon, you wouldn't hit anybody. Mm. But it was very interesting. I mean, after a couple of days, I thought, nah. So I did ring him. And I, to ring him, you went down to a corner place and, you know, you got someone in an old exchange and, you know, to put the call through. And you had to go to a, a telephone box mm. and pick up when it rang. Mm. And I said, oh, can I speak with, you know, Marisha? Yes, yes, yes. And, and I said, oh, look, Marisha, I'm not sure if I'm, you've got the right person. <laughs> really, you know. I'm pretty good on the ski fields. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'm a man, you know. Yeah, and he yeah. said, does the sun come up in the morning? And I said, yes. And he said, you know, do you worry about, you know, planets bumping into each other or, mm. you know, um, you know and, and it was sort of a, a, a philosophical comment. And he said, well, what, there's a, a, intelligence that operates everything, you mm. know, in the universe. And he said, you don't think that that universal intelligence can't manage you finding some place to, you know, create some in some small paddy field, uh, some buildings that could educate the future of the children of Cambodia to help them create a new future. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, when you got the job done, give us a call back. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it was And funny. the long story short is that, that you did well, get Well, I stayed, yeah, <coughs> I, I mean, it, but look, you know, the end of the story was that we started a university mm. and um, it got set up and it, it's graduated thousands and thousands mm. of students. But not that that was my uh, doing. I mean, so many people became a part of that. But yeah. um, the point was stay positive and above the line mm. 
and you will attract the, the means by which that will happen. Mm. And a couple of days later, I met the president of Cambodia called Chia Sim. Mm. And, um, you know, he took me on a, He said, meet me tomorrow, um, you know, at the airport. And I thought, oh, God, there I go. I'm getting kicked out. Yeah. And I went there and he had a helicopter and he, you know, a whole army and two other helicopters. And we hurtled over the Cambodia down to the Vietnam water, border uh, to a place called Kham Chai Mia, mm -hmm. which is where he grew up right. as a kid. Yeah. And he said... And that Build we, a university in my suburb. Yeah, yeah. And, and he'd already organised a big event there. They'd mm. sort of sent ahead. And we arrived and he said, this man says he's going to build a university in Kham Chai Mia. This was in Khmer. And the translator, we don't know if he's really a liar or he's going to do it, you know. But anyway, we've got him here and we're going to give him the land. Um, and a mate of mine was with me. He said, you know, that story about, you know, building the fields, they'll come. Yeah. He said, mate, I'm out of here. <laughs> As he looked across to the firing said, squad. You know, this is a bloody rice paddy in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. How are we going to build it? Why yeah. can't they give us a building... Yeah, you know, downtown. Phnom Penh, that's yeah. all empty. That's right. But that the, makes a bit more sense to me. Yeah, well, that's right. Anyway, we did build it there, yeah. and uh, and he and I became very good friends. Uh, and uh, not only him, but Sa Keng, who's now the Minister for Defence, and you know, it was an amazing journey. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, but they all learned to meditate. Yeah. But you know, when they arrived, guess what they were carrying. Machine orphans. guns? Oh, no. M16s. Oh, yeah. they were? Every second or third kid had a gun stuck under the bed. That was their life. You know, their parents had been killed. How uh, old are these kids walking around with M16s? Well, they'd have them somewhere because they mm. lived in villages yeah. all over. Yeah. And they were frightened of Pol Pot. They were in an area that Pol Pot still... Like, it mm. was. they were scared it's to fine. go there. Anyway, we taught meditation there mm. and, and it was quite a journey. Steve, we're going to... Yeah, we better finish it. Ended up. there um, mainly because the producer is in such a great state that he's fallen asleep. No, <laughs> I'm not joking. That's, that was pretty poor work for me, to be honest. And I, if I've actually, to have a good hard look at myself, I'm better than that. Um, and, uh, so, Steve, uh, in, in closing, for those people that are listening that would want to take up the art of meditation, and mm. I'm not saying this is an ad for your business or anything like that, it's mainly really an ad for ours. <laughs> uh, so, how do they find you, and, and, and what do you say to them if they say that, that they don't have time to meditate? Oh, look, I think, um, first of all, you have to learn, um, you know, to, to meditate and then judge whether you want to allocate the time to yeah. it. You know, yeah. once you've learned, you, you see the benefit that mm. we say don't manage time, manage energy. If you don't have energy, you'll mm. never have enough time. Mm. So if you've got lots of energy, you'll always have enough time. Mm. So, yes, look, they can contact us um, through Griffith consulting mm. um, which uh, is you know basically in just Google Griffith consulting mm. uh, or Google Veda wellness uh, they're the two businesses mm. uh, or if they want to join us one day in Bali they can join us yeah. at Sugavati retreats I'm looking forward to Bali opening up or they can just send me an email and I'll forward on yeah thank your you details. yeah um, yeah that's good but now you know, next... Uh, Romsey, huh? Romsey, yeah, that's it, Maston Rangers. Yeah, well, our, we were going to have our rejuvenation day, but that uh, got... Got cancelled yeah. due to Dan. He's, he's a mate of yours, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy. No, well, let's not talk about that. Steve Griffiths, thank you. You've been Jason, outstanding. thank you very much, mate. That was a great pleasure. Really great. Thank you. <laughs>